the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me now for the segment, Chris Siaccia from TheStreet.com. How are you, Mr. Siaccia? Good, Rob. How are you doing? Doing well. How's New York treating you? It's cold, it's bitter, and I can't wait to come back out to the West Coast. Does that tell you anything? <laughs> we welcome you whenever you come. Just bring your flip-flops. <laughs> With that said, uh, you got you sent some pretty good stories for us to talk about today, so let's get into them. Tesla, they reported numbers yesterday. Revenue was a little on the weak side. Delivery is a little on the weak side. Earnings definitely on the weak side. Uh, what what did you make of the quarter? And, and let's talk about the future of this company. You know, Tesla's future is kind of all over the map. It's almost like they want to be all things to all people. And what I mean by that is they want to sell a luxury car, a luxury SUV, a mass market car, and then they even kind of hinted last night about changing the storage game or the energy storage game. So what I, Musk talked about, you know, potentially having a home charger that you could work on the grid. And I think a lot of that is, you know, a lot of Tesla's valuation is based off them changing the energy storage game, but you know, Musk being who he is and being the salesman that he is, he has set the bar so high for what Tesla can and could be. You know, it's just, it's almost unbelievable sometimes, and I have to laugh at myself. And sometimes I, you know, just find myself shaking my head at what Musk says. But then sometimes they come out and do it, but then sometimes they can't. But, you know, Tesla is, you know, wants to be all things to all people, and I, I think that, you know, they're certainly a very ambitious company, and, you know, we'll see what they have to, to, to do in the next, you know, three to five years as electric vehicles become, you know, a bigger part of the car market, and they really get serious about changing the energy storage game as well. It's a stock that I tend to tell people to be very careful about, because, it's hyper growth. It's everything's hyper about it, and therefore it's going to be bigger moves up, bigger moves down. But at a twenty-five billion dollar market cap, and I look at investing as learning to compare. So you compare Tesla to like a Ford, um, and how many cars do they sell? How many? You know, what are the earnings per car? Because in the end, Tesla manufactures product, right? Like this has to end badly in as far as market cap goes, unless. They, you know, become a top two car maker. Do you think? I mean, can they become a top two car maker? Is that ridiculous to say out loud? 
because it feels ridiculous to say out loud from my my world. Does it in your world? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a really volatile stock, and it's not something I would say to anybody or recommend to anybody. And again, I can't recommend because I'm not a financial advisor. But somebody was just asking me off the cuff. I would certainly say, you know, it's not money. I would be looking. If if you needed that money within the next three to six months, you know, for a down payment on a house or your kid's college fund or something like that, I wouldn't say put it in Tesla because it, it, you're right, it is very volatile. But you know what? It, the the potential for this company is enormous, and it's not just cars. It's really just you know changing energy as well. Sure. The, the, a lot of people have suggested that if we got into the car battery business. Yeah, I mean, the car battery business is a, is a huge opportunity for them. And then, you know, selling energy back to the grid is an enormous opportunity to the tunes of, you know, trillions of dollars. And if they were ever actually able to really capitalize on that, that's really where I think Tesla's value lies. And I've talked to a whole bunch of different investors, some really people, you know, who are a lot smarter than myself. And, and that's kind of, you know, what they see you know, as Tesla's endgame being. So, you know, it's not something for the faint of heart, that's for sure. So let's talk your other big story that you pitched me, Chris, and I love this one. Spider-Man and the Avengers reunited by Disney and Sony. How did this come about? Because I know that Sony was, they had Spider-Man, and Disney's got Marvel, and it it seemed like there would never be a, a tie-in. You know, as a as a big comic book movie geek myself, this was pretty cool to see the other day. It, it kind of stems from the fact that Sony's real, realized that the Spider-Man universe and their ability to make Spider-Man movies is not anywhere near as profitable and as entertaining as what Disney and Marvel have done with the Marvel universe. You know, the Avengers movie was a monster hit. Iron Man movies draw big dollars. And they've been able to come out with some of the lesser-known characters like Thor, um, who've had really successful movies. And Spider-Man is, you know, probably one of the top three or four characters in the Marvel Universe after Iron Man, the Hulk, and maybe Captain America. So what the deal is, is Spider-Man will enter the Marvel Universe in an unnamed movie, you know, in the next year or so. And a lot of people are speculating that that's the next Captain America movie, which I think is due out in 2016. And then they'll have a standalone movie rebooting Spider-Man yet again in 2017. Part of the problem with the Spider-Man movies is not just the fact that the Spider-Man universe is not nearly as um, interesting as, you know, the Marvel universe is, is itself, but it's almost, you know, a little bit of like overkill at this point. We're on, we've been on, had five Spider-Man movies since 2002. That's a lot. Um, and there's only so many times you can tell the same story in only so many different ways you can tell the same story. So, you know, to see him interjected into the entire Marvel Universe is different than what we've seen in the past. And bringing new creative minds on board to change the Spider-Man movies, but, you know, the standalone Spider-Man movies is... You know, potentially something, you know, that I think maybe uh, inputs some new life in, into, you know, Spider-Man movies. And it's, you know, hopefully, you know, moviegoers take to it. And, you know, the box office results 
you know, are worth worth the venture for both Sony and Disney. So Sony and Disney are, in theory, enemies, or they work in the same business um, with different bosses. Is this purely a financial move where Sony's saying, okay, we get it, Disney, you market better, you do product better, you do scripts better? Is Sony giving a license to Disney to use the characters? Is it that simple? Well, Sony's not making a dime off of this, from what I've read. Really? And, and spoke to you know a couple people in the industry. Yeah, they essentially gave Spider-Man to Disney for free, and the, the rationale is is that by putting Spider-Man in the larger Marvel universe, that when they actually do the standalone Spider-Man movie, and they've got some other properties that they're working on, I think like Sinister Six and potentially Venom as well. You know that it makes the box office for those bigger. Okay. So, Sony is kind of hoping that by Spider-Man being in a larger uni- a larger movie, that it helps their business down the line. But they're not making any money from from Disney right now. And you know that's a great move by Bob Iger over at Disney to basically get Peter Parker and Spider-Man for nothing. That's impressive. I would have thought there had to be some sort of kickback. Some sort of kickback. But um, I guess making the comic book universe bigger is the kickback. Anything else that you're working on, right now, Chris, that uh, adds a, a little color to uh, Stock Market Day? I think, you know, just to touch, to, to go back on to Tesla, I think some of the, probably the most interesting thing that I've seen, you know, people talking about right now is the fact that on last night's conference call, Elon Musk compared Tesla to Apple, and I kind of chuckled at that. Um, he said, he, you know, to paraphrase Musk, that if the company continues to grow off the $6 billion in revenue that they did this year at like around 30% a year for the next 10 years or so, and they get a 20 earnings multiple, that they would then be worth $700 billion, which is what Apple's worth today. And I thought to myself, man, this guy – really believes in this company, but it, to a level that even I didn't think was possible. And Elon's very, very ambitious, and, you know, he's got some dreams that, you know, cease to never cease to amaze me and the media and investors as well. But to compare yourself to the most profitable and the biggest company in the world when you haven't even earned – a dime on a, a, a regular accounting basis is pretty ambitious and almost made me shake or it made me shake my head and it's like okay Elon now now it's time to start proving yourself because you know the stock you know is taking a little bit of a hit because they missed fourth quarter results or estimates and they said that spending this year is going to be you know really pretty uh, pretty high you know now it's time for Tesla to start for Tesla and Musk to start walking the walk instead of just talking the talk. I know this is going to sound crazy, but um, or this is going to sound off the cuff. The thing that I think is Tesla's biggest enemy is going to be CarPlay, because I just saw a video of Google's CarPlay and Apple's CarPlay, and some of the perks that Tesla has, other than being an electric car, is its you know in dash uh, app center thing that it has going. I'm nervous. I'm I'm excitedly nervous for Elon Musk because if he dies or if he resigns or I mean that that stock would go it would get hit hard. You're you're absolutely right, Rob, and that's a point that I made yesterday in the live blog that we were running with 
regards to earnings is that if I was an investor in Tesla, one of the prob- one of the issues that I would have is that not only is Elon spreading himself very thin between Thanks. running SpaceX and Tesla. Chris, I got to cut you off, unfortunately. It's Chris Siaccio with a street.com. Chris Siaccio with a street.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.